Scotty G, how are you? Yes. <laughs> We're I'm back. Good. We're back in business. We are. <clears throat> Welcome to you. Welcome to the fans. Yeah. <laughs> this is the long-awaited return of the Giants Among Men <laughs> podcast. Um, we we it was a long off season. Uh, it was a long winter. Um, we thought maybe you know. There might be maybe the draft, maybe training camp, <laughs> but uh, perhaps a preseason game. Yeah, no, nope, yep. none of that moved us. Uh, but now there is an official game at work, um, and here we are. Uh, we both had fairly eventful um, winters and springs. Um, yeah, big off season for us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lots has happened, um, but uh, we can we can forego that, I suppose. And uh, it was it was more eventful for us than the Giants. There was no move that really we had to talk about. Um, no yeah, development. I think I think yeah. that's a big big problem. I think it's a big problem that we had more eventful off seasons than the Giants. Right? Maybe that is. Maybe that's where we can start. We're starting after what all. Giant fans know was a pretty uh, disappointing, um, some might say depressing, uh, season opening loss <laughs> to the Dallas Cowboys on national television. And yeah, maybe that is the problem. Maybe we'll start there. The Giants did some things this offseason that were interesting. Um, <laughs> well, I would say that the most interesting thing is, is that the Giants didn't do something. Right. That it was desperately needed to be done. Everyone knew it needed to be done. I mean, and it didn't happen. Right. And I guess we'll just say we're talking, obviously, about um, the offensive line. So that is definitely the topic of the year, probably going to be again. Um, It's been the topic of the last few years. And, yeah, it seems kind of insane that, it seems kind of insane that they really just showed up this year with that same group, and like that, and, and I don't know just how little they did to address it is kind of amazing, uh, right? And and it's not even like if you if you're gonna make us swallow this offensive line for another year, just cut it out with all of the, you know, flowers is, is staying up in New Jersey and not going to Florida. They're improving. They're in shape. Like, good for them for being in shape. They're professional athletes. They yeah. better be in shape. What does that mean? They're in shape. Yeah. I know, you know, and they tried to kind of sell you on it, and then they would do some things, though, that, like, um, sort of let you know how much of a disaster it was. Like, when, <laughs> well, I remember early on, it was like this um, Chad Wheeler guy was getting, like, first-team reps. You know, he's, like, yeah. an undrafted rookie. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, they just wanted to give him a look, you know, and you're kind of like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Why do they need to look at him? And, like... Well, right, they're, like, emphasizing just how competitive they're being at camp. Yeah. Like, they just want to foster competition. Well, foster it by getting someone good. Right. Like, what did you need to see from him? <laughs> and i know maybe you know they want to you know they're obviously he's they're thinking all right this guy's undrafted maybe we're going to give him a roster, roster spot we want to see him against like some actual top talent but it still was just something sort of like 
I don't know. Like they wanted to get a good look at him. Stunk of desperation. Just. Yeah, like they were really searching for uh, what the hell they were gonna do. <laughs> oh man, I mean, I just can't. I can't believe it. I gotta say, to I, I feel like um, I want to give a little credit to uh, Jordan Renan, yeah, the uh, the Giants ESPN writer, like. He has just been calling bullshit on this offensive line nightmare the whole training camp. Like, eventually, the rest of the Giants uh, writers kind of followed suit. But at the beginning, they were like, they were, a lot of these guys on Twitter were really tout, uh, you know, promoting the Giants party line. And right from the start, Jordan Renan was just like, what are they talking about? I go to practice every day and I'm watching them and (laughs) Flowers is terrible. Right. And he is. So he was just, he was not impressed the whole time. He was never this, uh, he lost weight. He, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and I started reading people's responses to his tweets and it was stunning to me how many people really seemed to convince themselves that he was, he's just a hater that, <laughs> you know, they were really buying into it. They like oh, more, I expected everyone I don't know. I, I expected. I thought people had to think the way we thought that this is, of course, the flower stinks. We all know it. We all saw it last year. How much improvement can any one person make in an off season? And no, people were like, "You don't know what you're talking about." He stayed up here. He's in shape. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess because it's just such an annoying. Like, I'm really sick of the offensive line thing. You know, like. Um, I'm really sick of hearing about it. I'm pretty sick of talking about it. Um, thinking about it, like, cause uh, you know, and we'll talk, I guess like, so the other moves they did make, you know, they brought in Brandon Marshall, they got the tight ends, like, um, you know, a couple other interesting pieces. So you're sort of like, like, it's not like they need a great offensive line. They just need one. That's like, okay. Yeah. Um, Although I do, I will also say, like, I feel like running back, they still, like, it's kind of remarkable how little they did there, too, you know? Yeah. Like, I know they drafted a kid, but that was, like, in the fourth round, they drafted that Gallman guy. They still have Darkwa around, although they seem to have no interest in ever actually using him. Um, <laughs> even though, to me, he's the only guy he touches it, at least he's, like, he seems to have a little bit of, run with a little bit of pop. Um, yeah. Perkins was really disappointing in that game. Like, I know, again, the line kind of colors everything, but he didn't really, I don't know, he just didn't look impressive to me. Yeah, no. Um, he Like, he didn't look very explosive. I don't know. He, he looked better last year. Right. Well, it's sort of funny. It's, <laughs> I guess, like, every year, and I don't know what this is exactly should tell us, but you're, sort of, you're always sort of clamoring for, the you know, the guy who's getting less carries. So last year when we had Jennings, and everyone's like, why isn't Perkins getting more carries? Let's see more Perkins. And now yeah, Jennings is gone and Perkins is the guy. And now Orleans Darkwa is the savior. Yeah, you know? true, right. Maybe they can't block and so they can't run the ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what they would say probably. Like, listen, it doesn't matter who the hell we give it to back there. Um, yeah. I just I agree, though. I mean, the thing – I'm so sick of the – the problem with the offensive line thing is that it's such – it's a problem that just makes you feel so impotent. Yeah. Like, or just so, just like every offseason move, I mean, we could have been so excited. So wait, we still have Beckham. 
we added Brandon Marshall and we added a really sick young tight end. And we even got a blocking tight end to kind of go with him. Yeah. Like, and every single one of these moves, I would hear about it, I would read about it, and my, but just, I wouldn't even bat an eye. I would just be like, who cares? We stink. Our offensive line stinks. None of this matters. Like, you know, you can have all the weapons you want if you have to throw to them inside of 10 yards because that's all the time that Eli has, then what does it matter? <laughs> you just, you know. Yeah. None of it matters. The thing about it is, like, I liked the Brandon Marshall signing in a vacuum. Um, and he's a good player and everything, but it is, like, he is such a luxury item. Like, yeah. Si- like, if when you're prioritizing, and look, I, I have not looked through, like, who really was available offensive line-wise. From what I understand, it was not, like, a banner year free agency-wise for offensive linemen. But it does just seem like, you know, you sign him for like two years, twelve million or something, like which isn't an outrageous expenditure. But like, I don't know. I feel like we could have found somebody to fill that role. You yeah. know, I would have plug. You know, I would have used any excess money. To me, it's like the a guard, a tackle, like that had to be the priority. It just seems so insane that. They just brought back the same group and are like, well, maybe they'll be a little bit better. Yeah, I read something today, I think, about – I think it was by James Cratch, the guy, NewJersey.com or whatever. Um, you know, he kind of wrote about how the Giants – you know, Jerry Reese should have fixed the offensive line, but it's complicated. And, you know, he kind of tries to let Reese off the hook a little bit. And then in the end, he just sort of concludes that, well, but he still really should have done something. But, you know, it kind of talks about how Flowers is the ninth pick overall and how, you know, very few teams give up on a guy this quickly. And he wasn't supposed to be the left tackle, especially not this early. But, you know, Kareem McKenzie gets hurt and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Everybody kind of knows the story. Yeah. And I get it. I no, get I it. I totally agree with all that. And I don't even think Flowers, like, it's not even about just Flowers. Like, it's... Yeah. Somebody needed to be added. Like, it just and can't hardened. be the same group. Yeah. Yeah. And they're trying to sell you on continuity and, right. and all and that. And they're young. Nonsense. I get the young. Like, like, Hart and Flowers are both 23. So that's. Yeah. You know. But I still. Like, the thing you do is you can't let Reese off the hook at this point. It's because you still have to be able to plan. Like, Flowers has not been good and he's not shown a lot of growth and you can't just be like well let's hope he works hard yeah like you really have to there has to be do... a backup plan like one of these guys yeah. like and this fluker like you know they got him he's kind of a was bust in san diego like i don't know or they should have made that trade with cleveland last year for joe thomas yeah. like oh but he's old and what i mean so what yeah, so is no. eli yeah yeah <laughs> eli's old Get Eli some help on the line. We have all these weapons. Like, if we've gotten Joe Thomas in a trade, I don't know, maybe we give up the draft pick and we can't get Ingram, but we still could have signed Brandon Marshall. We still have Sterling Shepard. We still have Odell Beckham. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think you have to give up, like, a first-rounder for Joe Thomas, though. Oh, and I totally agree. So, I mean, that's the thing is we would have had – I don't know that we've been – we'd be currently in a much different spot than we are, and we would have a better offensive lineman at least in the mix, you know? I mean, I just I don't understand it. <laughs> I just don't understand right how there's no backup plan. Yeah, because now we're just left out to dry with this 
horrendous group. I know. It just is like they just can't even function sometimes. Like the offense just does not function. Um, yeah. And that's the part that's just so hard to deal with. Yeah. Um, I guess I should, do want to just bring up the thing that shall not should mostly for most people is like not shall not speak its name. It's like you don't really want to talk about it. But I I feel like I want to talk about Eli and not that he's you know, I love Eli, obviously. Um I love him like family. I just wanna hold him. <laughs> um, but I'm like I'm just getting worried that we've just like broken him. Like he he yeah. does look really uncomfortable. And I don't blame him. Like early in that game he got absolutely drilled. And he absolutely cannot like he's no ability right now to wait on any play to develop like it, it and he knows it and he's right but yeah. at the same time he is starting to just like get that ball get it out of there in a way that like you know i think is he's suffering for it and i don't know if he can get out of it like the only thing that would get him out of it is like really sustained quality offensive line play and that's not even doesn't seem to be on the table you know like that thing is that, that wasn't even a good defensive line like they just got dominated yeah so i, I don't want to blame him but it's just more like he, you know is this like even if they got it fixed at this point you know is he ever going to feel comfortable back there again yeah i mean i think the only way you know it is if you get him a good offensive line yeah so there's really no way to test out that theory unfortunately and it does i, I don't want I, I don't even want to talk about him because, it, to me, it's just so unfair. Yeah. <laughs> it's so unfair. He has no – I mean, you could put traffic bones out there. It would have the same effect. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, the thing to me, too, is, like, it's not even just the line. It's, like, they can't run it at all. Yeah. So they can't pass protect and they can't run. Right. Like, and he isn't – look <laughs> – and at this point in his career, like whether he ever was or, you know, whatever, at this point in his career, he's certainly not a guy that, like he's not Aaron Rodgers. Like we know that. Yeah. So right. like he's not just going to, you know, carry the whole thing on his shoulders. And like, I don't know what, you know, I don't know how you would expect him to perform. I don't know how well he's, you know, it's even you can like what are the what could the expectations possibly be when you literally ran ten times for thirty yards and you know you had no protection? Like I, I don't know what. what right. So I don't know, but it, but well, that's, I, that, I just that's it's exactly, like you do have to concede that he looks really uncomfortable. Yeah, but I mean, of course he does. He should be. He yeah. should be very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I just think you can't properly. It's I just find it impossible to properly properly evaluate Eli. Yeah. I don't think you can evaluate – I don't really think you can evaluate anyone in the offense outside of Beckham who's just such a freak of nature that he makes things happen. But everybody else in the offense, I don't, I don't know how – like how do you determine, you know, is it, is, is, is it an issue with Brandon Marshall? Is it an issue with Eli? Is it their chemistry? Is it, is it the play clock? How do you know? How do you know yeah, any yeah. of it? Because yeah. like you just said, we cannot pass nor can we run. There are right. no other options in football. <laughs> like, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, you can't evaluate anything because the line is so bad. It makes us almost 
impossible to evaluate. Yeah. Like even even last year, our 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 seem to be our only successful play is slant to Beckham and hope for the best. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Eli last year is he actually got off to like a solid start, and then the last like ten weeks or so were really bad. Um. And it was hard to figure out exactly. I don't. I mean, it wasn't hard to figure out what happened. Like, the, yeah, it's just again. I think the line just made it very difficult. And I think also like the whole running game issue kind of, um, you know, gets worse and worse as you can't do it. Then teams know that you just can't. Like, we just can't do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean. It was pretty dispiriting to see them look on offense just as bad as they looked at the end of last year, maybe even worse. I mean, they really couldn't do anything. Um, and you just start looking like you're just like, you don't want to overreact, but you're like, people are like, there's like, there were like Super Bowl or bust articles about this team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's I mean, that, that seemed delusional when you watch that team. You're like, that this team's going to win a Super Bowl? Um, yeah, I mean, I still think people are like I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal, and you know, Cousin Sal is a Cowboys fan, and and he's even saying like, well, you know, they didn't have Beckham, although they, you know, they could look a lot different with Beckham. Like, I think we're gonna look different with Beckham. I think, you know, he he definitely he'll definitely bring something that we didn't have at all the other night. But I just think it, it, you know, people are crazy. If if we if no, we we cannot run or pass i mean yeah. that's it it's yeah. crazy anyone who thinks otherwise is is it's delusional if yeah. you think you know our offense is going to get pretty good it's delusional yeah i mean the, the thing with is beckham terrible. is like with beckham we could still win that game because yeah yeah defense played well enough that for a while there it was like 16 to 3 right and maybe he takes you know he makes a he takes one and then now you're a touch it's a touchdown game and yeah you know, you need one drive. Like, so that is the difference. Like, without him, the defense can do whatever the hell they want. We can't score. With him, okay, the defense plays a great game. You know, we can at least get a touchdown. We can get in the end zone a couple times, maybe. And that's the difference. But, yeah, I mean, I, I started looking. We got, like, Detroit on Monday night. That's not an easy game. At Philly, at Tampa, Chargers, at Denver, Seattle. Like, (laughs) <laughs> I'm that to me and then bye that's like we could enter that bye week in pretty rough shape like yeah those are all tough games yeah oh definitely I mean you know and the other thing we kind of talked about this a lot last year but when you lean on your defense that heavily I mean the problem is when you're always expecting the defense to pitch a shutout you're always one busted play away from losing yeah, and you're you always, know, you're so much more susceptible to just like bad luck, you know, yeah. like because your margin of error is so so. Like now, all of a sudden, you're losing all these close games that you won last year. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it just was like, I don't know, that couldn't have been worse. <laughs> that couldn't have been just a more uninspiring. Just oh god, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think another thing that happened, I was talking about this with my buddy at work, but, you know, that that spot that they gave Dak on the first drive of the game for the Cowboys, that was pretty questionable on that first down. Yeah. That really, 
that really set the tone for the first half, and that really, really put us in a lot of trouble because he gets that first down. That's a third down. That's a busted play. I feel like that wasn't a great spot. They give him the first down right there, and then it pretty much established field position for the rest of the first half. Yeah. We couldn't even get past the 20. Yeah, yeah. And just the Cowboys were not only holding the ball for so much, but they were threatening the whole time. Yeah. And it just – that really – that that really – that – that play really put us in a hole. Yeah, no, and I'm field position that, is like a know, huge we problem won. for us. Like, you know, like yeah. we just can't lose that battle. Um, no, yeah, no. Um, yeah, so another, I guess another, well, this is the fun segue. Um, my <laughs> other assum- assumptions that I feel needs to be challenged is the assumption that Ben McAdoo knows what he's doing. And, <laughs> you know, his first year went so well, but. Like I, it does feel like there's a lot of just like, oh yeah, no, he's a good coach around here. Where one, I don't think that's the consensus nationally, and like I don't think there's nearly the um, body of evidence to to that. I don't think there's any reason we should feel we know that to be true. No, I yeah, I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. I, I mean, well, here's what's hard. How do you separate? What I what I don't know, and this is and this is the same problem that we have with Eli and the rest of the offense. How do you properly evaluate the job that he does when the offensive line is so bad? And I'm not entirely sure that it's. I guess he must share some of the responsibility for how bad the offensive line is, because you, you assume that he hires his assistants, and you know, no one's been able to make any progress of this offensive line, but Reese is the one who chose those guys and who chose not to address the personnel issue. So right. can we, I guess the question is, can we properly evaluate how McAdoo has been as head coach given the offensive line he's been saddled with? Right. And, and and look, I know his first season went as well as it could go. Like 11-5 and five is a, you know, uh, a, a great accomplishment. And I also hate, um, I'm just not sophisticated enough to really address his offense and the shortcomings, though I, I'm just like definitely getting more and more skeptical of it as I watch it. Um, but again, I mean, I think you're right. Like, it, it does seem like we're throwing all these short passes, but how much of that right now is just Eli's like, I just got to get rid of this thing and um, plays aren't allowed to develop and all that. Like, I don't know what he's calling, you know, I don't know what is what he's really trying to do. Um, yeah. So it is hard, but. Um, I mean, I think now that we've seriously discussed it and, and how do we evaluate him and so forth, I think it's time that we, we bring in the intangibles. Right. And I think you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yes. And what is what is that hair? What yes. is that? Yeah. No, I agree. Like, if we're going on data points for <laughs> Ben McAdoo is not a good coach. Uh, you can give me the offensive ranks and the defensive ranking and the, the t- win-loss record. His hair, <laughs> facial hair combination is really the only data point that I am focused on these days, and it is so unacceptable. No, it's, <laughs> we texted about this, but like, it really is, you know, when he first got hired, he was pretty schlubby, and you could tell he never really thought about his look or anything. And, and so he's like a, he, you know, 
he's like he's going through right now what a lot of people go through in kind of their early teen years where they figure out what's my you know yeah. identity as far as what I'm going to look like yeah. except that most people go through that in early middle school he's doing it in his 40s on national television right it's so true <laughs> like he's playing around in a way that's like no like you should have like you should have that hair should be your like junior year prom photo and you're like oh my god remember when i tried that goatee with that slick back hair that was horrendous you know and he should be wearing like a blue tuxedo right and and, and standing next to like a fat girl with a giant corsage like he's he's on the sideline for the new york giants like i don't know like if, there is some if i'm somebody in that organization like i am like monday morning conference room emergency session <laughs> i want a powerpoint presentation with options for him like uh, i don't know i mean i was i was i think i i mean if i'm steve spagnolo i walk into that locker room at halftime and immediately go mess up his hair just yeah. like go right up to him like, this is the problem <laughs> right <laughs> this is the problem yeah. yeah i don't know it's something too about him unveiling this, like now that Coughlin's at, like you know, Coughlin would be like, uh, "Ben, like, uh, go back inside, and, <laughs> go back inside and get ready for the game." Like I don't know, uh, yeah. <laughs> don't come out until that's taken. Don't walk on that football field <laughs> until this is taken care of. Right. Like, I'll call the plays. I don't care. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you're not coming on my sideline looking like that. But it does just make, like, he looks like a lunatic. Like, it, it, he's not like, oh, it doesn't work for him. It's like, what is wrong with you? Right. Right. What are you doing? What are you doing? Like, what's going on? Yeah, it's not just like, it's not just like, oh, something's a little off. It's, yeah. it's a complete disaster. It's a just complete, awful, like, awful what? I, mean, right. I, I don't know how he walks into any room and people aren't like what the uh, especially it'd be one thing if he, if this had been his look the whole yeah. time you know what i mean there's something about the fact that he's yeah. gone to it's this new yeah <laughs> yeah exactly exactly it is you i mean it's it's first day of seventh grade he right. went over the summer and came back and everyone's like what's with McAdoo?" right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is the newness of it. It's like, all right, yeah. if he just he has this slick back hair, that's his calling card. Like, that would right. have been that's one thing. Like, whatever, Pat Riley, you know, like there's the right. there's, you know Donald Trump Jr. There's like some precedent there. <laughs> it's just like that. He it's also so flick like fixable. It's a it's a hairstyle. It's not even a haircut. Like, yeah. You know, it's not like you shaved your head and now you just have to wait for it to grow back in. Yeah. Any day. He could wake up any morning and decide, all right, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> that's it. I'm going back to what I had before. And it's like what you had before was awful. But like now I'm like, oh, man, I right. wish that he had that old weird haircut. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a problem, obviously. It is a problem. It's yeah. a problem. And then, you know, while we're on his intangibles, I mean, obviously the hair was just a glaring issue that had to be addressed immediately. But 
he also i've been a little i've known what to think about some of his motivational tactics they've been yeah. very odd yeah. what did he do recently he did something he showed some weird movie or something oh i think what what did he do no he showed a game of thrones like the dragon scene where the um i don't know when the dragons come to the rescue in one of the spoiler alert for all the Game of Thrones fans <laughs> out there who haven't seen it yet, but uh, yeah, some scene, and I don't know, it was meant to convey something. But yeah, there was the thing with the deer or something last year. No, the kangaroo, the fighting kangaroo, of the kangaroo. The, yeah, the kangaroo fighting, right, yeah. sorry. Human human versus kangaroo to get pumped up for the Steelers. Right. It's really just like uh, some hu- some guy like sucker punching a kangaroo, and the kangaroo took pity on him and <laughs> didn't dominate him. And yeah. and then that was supposed to get them fired up for the Steelers. There was something else. I think he showed the what was the movie that won the Academy Award? Uh, Moonlight. Yeah, Moonlight. He showed the Moonlight. He showed right. like Moonlight before. And I mean, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's a great movie. I didn't I didn't see it, but from what I know, from what I know of it, it's not something that gets me like fired up to go play a football game. Yeah, but I think that was his approach to like try to get them to not protest the national anthem. Was like, <laughs> oh. He was oh, going to well, be like, I'm like, coach and like, we'll watch <laughs> that together and talk about it. And then you guys don't have to like cause this thorny issue for us. Yeah. Um, so I think that was what that was about. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about any of that stuff. Um, I, I guess it does seem like his approach to practice and, you know, I don't know if, if I want to credit him too much, but like the injuries have been way down. Um, and, that's true you know we were talking uh not on here but uh, you know and amongst ourselves offline about tom coughlin instituting up downs <laughs> in oh, jacksonville <laughs> and uh you know so maybe that is maybe there's some benefit there even though god it's such a i just love i just it's so great to think about you were talking about like marone and him him telling marone that i want up downs <laughs> must have been the funniest like that would be the best hard knock scene ever Oh, it would have been the best. I mean, I would favor it. First, I mean, just right. There was a meeting. It was definitely a meeting where, right. where he had to, like, convey that. It was an email or a face-to-face. Who knows? Right. But he had to tell Doug Marone, we need more updowns. Also, just that article that I <laughs> – that, that the Jacksonville players are unhappy that I texted you. Would you not love to see – like, I'm sure there was some group text between, like, Strahan – Justin Tuck, OC, like all those guys. Like, you know, one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Oh, up downs. Just like, oh, man. I mean, these guys are pros. Like, up downs are like, I don't know. The freshman team has to do some up downs in Hell Week. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I just, I want, is it, I want to know. Let's get. Give me an official answer here. Is it okay? My parents are now living in Jacksonville. Coughlin is running Jacksonville. Can I root for the Jaguars in, in the AFC and be fine with that? Is that breaking any fan rules? No, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, yes. you can't you can't talk about it. You can't claim to be a Jaguars <laughs> fan. No, of course you, not. You can't say things like, oh, the Jaguars are my second team. Um, no, yeah, no. but can you watch that. their games and hope they win? Yeah, I'm doing that. Um, yeah, I mean, I I lost I lost money on the Houston Jacksonville game because they were in my survivor pool pick. The Texans were my survivor pool pick, but 
and I was upset about that to be eliminated in week one. But yeah, I was I was also pleased. I was also, yeah, I was just yeah. like, well, you know what? Good for that. Me too. Yeah, and I just think too. I mean, you know, they got Fortunate who who played really well, and Coughlin. You just I just feel like they're made in Coughlin's mold. Yeah. No, I I hope they I hope they're successful. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't know. We could talk about what went well. Um. I don't know. The defense did look pretty good. Um. I wasn't that impressed with the Cowboys, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was more. The game was more about how much we stunk. Um, <clears throat> I think definitely. I don't know if that's fair to them. Maybe it's not. But that was just just my feeling. I didn't wasn't blown away by anything that they did. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, I think we were just really bad. Yeah. I mean, considering how many points they scored in the first half and how long they had the ball, they didn't, they didn't do that great. Yeah. No, we held, we kept them in check. You know, I mean, Elliot had a good game, but, like, you know, he's going to have a good game. And, uh, you know, Dez, we seem to be able to really control. Um which is no small feat, you know, and uh, there are other weapons uh, don't terrify me. Like if we were a functioning offensive team, like we would be better than them, you know? So yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I still felt like our defense was probably the best unit in the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. So what am, I mean? What do you, you know? What do you think of Vernon? Because I gotta say, I was disappointed in in the kind of pressure we were getting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do like Vernon. He seems very athletic. Um, I think the only problem with him is he's a little undersized. Um, mm-hmm. That's probably a tough matchup for him. That dude is just a a freaking beast. Um, yeah, I know you. You know you. St- we we you know we kind of texted about this, and you said, well, you know, in fairness, that's one of the best left tackles in football. But I also think you know Vernon's one of the highest paid defensive players in football. Yeah, I know, but I mean, I don't think you can say like the Giants overpaid him, and we know that they did. But right. that doesn't mean he's not very very good, you know. And he's like, he was like twenty five as a free agent. Like those are hard to find. I think he. You know, he did have a sack, even though it was kind of a coverage sack. Um, yeah. But I think I I, th- I I don't know. I still like the combo of him and uh, um, JPP. Um, yeah. But I I mean I know what you mean, but I think you kind of just have to accept that like he's not going to probably totally live up to that contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's you know he kind of reminds me of, like OC. You know, like yeah, I think he's going to explode some games and have huge games, but I think there's yeah. there's games where like he's not, you know what I mean? He's going to get handled yeah. a, little, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good comparison. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's. I mean, let's hope he explodes explodes sooner rather than later. Here. Yeah. So now we move on. We got Monday night. Um, you know, it's funny. Suddenly, it's like quickly. You're like. I mean, it's always this way in the NFL, especially when you lose your first game. Suddenly you're like, oh, my God, we have to win. Yeah. Um, but this is a good – I think this is a good matchup because, like, Detroit is the kind of team that, like, if you can't beat Detroit, it's like – especially at home, like, you're probably not that great. Like, I don't care 
what people you know <laughs> there was that little brief dalliance last year where people were pretending Matthew Stafford was an MVP candidate um <laughs> And then it was that dalliance over the summer where he became the highest paid player in the yeah, league. Yeah, that's true. And not, not that, <laughs> look, I get that. He's good enough that you have to sign him. And, like, yeah. That's kind of just a game of, like, musical chairs. Whoever's the next free agent is the highest paid quarterback. Um, yeah. Like, pretty soon it's going to be literally Kirk Cousins. It's going to be the highest paid player <laughs> in the sport. Um, and we're all just going to have to accept that. Yeah. But. I think Stafford's a little better than that, but I think he's still in that category of like, eh, he's fine. Right, uh, I, I agree. And what, another thing I like about this game is it's it's like a divisional game in the sense that we just played them at the end of last season. Yeah. And, you know, there ha- hasn't been a ton of uh, – there's not a lot of turnover there on either yeah. side. So it's, right. uh, it's the it's, same you know, team. Yeah. Yeah. And we beat them 17-6 last year. Yeah. Um, I would so. expect something similar. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if it looked very similar. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. 17-6. Um, that could be something to shoot. That's kind of like the type of game we're probably going to get. Um, as much as yeah. we might like. I would, I would agree. It would be nice to have a little offense. Once. Well, let's, let's, let's see... Um, would you like to would you like to go over some of the stats from last year? Sure. If you have. Okay. That. So they they outgained us, three hundred twenty four yards to three hundred yards. At the same time, after what we saw on Sunday, if you told me we get three hundred yards of offense this week, I would completely fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Eli was twenty of twenty eight. For just over 200 yards. Okay. Um, Efficient, effective. Yes. <laughs> right. Managed the game. Man- uh, <laughs> managed the game. Yeah. Two touchdowns. No. No. Uh, no interceptions. Um. And you know, meanwhile, Stafford was 24 of 39, 273 yards, and interception. Yeah. Yeah. We helped, We yeah. We did a pretty good job against them. Yeah. Um, boy, I would love to see Eli have a good game. I mean, it's been a while since you really saw him have a great game, you know. And then, again, we talked earlier; it's not like necessarily his fault, but like, boy, I want one so bad. I know it's so hard to just be like, oh, um, just watching him struggle like this is brutal. Yeah, it would just be awful too for him to just eventually end his career, having been in purgatory for like five years, six yeah. years. Yeah. And you know, that stuff affects how people remember you, you know, like Yeah. You have you end your career on like two or three sour years and it kind of ends up that's just what you you know, people remember that a lot. Yeah. Um you know, you see it happen to a lot of great players uh, where they hang on a little too long or and it's not even hung on too long, but just yeah, when their careers don't end well. You kind of just that's the the lasting impression. So I would hate to see that happen. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Um, so, Perkins was our leading rusher in this game last year. Okay. So, I don't know, that was the beginning of his rise, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's funny. I was thinking that, like, at the end of the last year, he finished strong and all that. But, you know, yeah. he really had, like, he had, like, a 100-yard game. 
Yeah, um, I mean, he was our leading rusher. He had eleven. He had eleven carries for fifty-six yards. Right, and then we go, "Oh man, this guy's electric." Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> I mean, based off that game, we were like, "He's the starter next year. Yeah. We don't even need to bring anyone in. Uh, <laughs> we're sold." Um, yeah, boy, that running game. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. Can it be that bad all year again? Like, is that what we're looking at again this year? Like, yes. just like three yards a pop, you know, struggling to top 50 yards in rushing. Like, is it just going to be that bad? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I just, yes. We're yeah. kidding ourselves if we think yeah. otherwise. Yeah. You saw it on Sunday. We know, nothing about the offensive line will change yeah. this year. And it is, so, it's just yes. like, it's, we don't have special running back talent either. So it's like, right. Um, I don't know if any of those guys are bad, but none of them, like, there's no one special there. Sorry. No. Um, I mean, this should be said about every player that we talk about. Like, you know, we're so critical of the offensive line. Like, if I was in a room alone with Eric Flowers, I wouldn't say a word. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like, not one critical breath would come out yeah. of my mouth. You know, <laughs> certainly better than me, yeah. but, but yeah, he's so huge. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I have, I mean, just the rare pleasure of an NFL football game. It's, it's the few hours a week that I can just enjoy that. And Eric Flowers is making it a lot less enjoyable. It's ruining it. <laughs> ruining my life. <laughs> well, why don't we uh why don't we close there? I think this was a successful first episode of the new season. Um yeah. this is the exciting season two of the Giants Among Men podcast. <laughs> um and uh we'll see. Maybe, you know, we'll well, no, I'm like, I'm like, maybe this year we'll do some exciting new things. It's like, no, we'll see if we can get through another season of one of these <laughs> a week. And then we'll go from there. And then next year is when we'll start having celebrity guests and um, yeah. wet t-shirt contests and all of that. <laughs> yeah, contests. Giveaways, yeah. giveaways, cash um, prizes, cash prizes, raffles for season tickets. Um, again, all coming next year. So stick with us this season, <laughs> and next year is when wow, it's going to be unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, you're really giving your uh, your Donald Donald Trump it's tremendous, tremendous, and everyone will be very happy. Trust everyone me, everyone will, will be very happy. Believe me. It's going to be just a tremendous podcast. Um, maybe the best Giants podcast uh, ever in the world in history of podcasts. Um, yes. Again, and you'll that's have to next take... year. So you have to slog through this year, and then that's when. So uh, that's how it's going to work. Right. And if North Korea happens to blow up New York and we, we're not here, then you just going to have to assume that it would have been true had we <laughs> all happened. been alive. Yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> well, uh, let's, I mean, let's close. Up. What, okay. what are you more afraid of North Korea or global warming? Um, 
I would say, yeah, global warming. But I, cause I'm actually not very afraid of North. Well, I'm not afraid of North Korea, in per se. I I like don't think they're going to do anything. Um, I am a little. I am more concerned that like our team of our dream team, uh, you know, <laughs> might do something really dumb that triggers the whole thing. But like. I don't think we're just going to wake up one morning and they fired a nuke at us. Like, I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, right. But, you know, I, and I, I'm afraid of climate change in a sense. I think it's going to be really, I, you know, it's one of those issues. You're just like, I don't know what to do. I, you know, I can't even really, right. I'm really worried about it. And I really think it's bad. And I believe all those scientists are right. But like, I can barely get myself to even really properly recycle. I just want everyone else, like hard. all of you, like you just want to go to everyone and be like, listen, every one of us, every one of you has to do your part to solve this problem. <laughs> I unfortunately am too busy, but all of you <laughs> need, I would do what I could if I could but I really got a lot going on right now. Um, but the rest of you got to really <laughs> be careful, get your electric cars and do something about this. Cause it's bad. Um, and just let me know when you've taken care of it. <laughs> well, just... also our individual efforts, I think are pointless without also huge changes to like really huge, like big, corporations and oil companies like yeah no, like it's not that individual families don't yeah yeah like if those things changed and people were responsible individually then you've got a recipe for success there but it's just like i'm really diligent on sorting sorting my recycling while you know acme corp gets to just pollute the air yeah. with abandon then yeah. it's not really doing a whole lot but it's also hard to imagine like giant companies and government uh agencies making giant massive structural changes when you can't get somebody to like not use keurig pods anymore you know like <laughs> it's, just, like, <laughs> it's just kind of lets you know what you're up against is like the types of behaviors you're trying to change just people are like oh but it's like so convenient and it's just like one cup of co coffee and yeah like yeah. it literally is destroying the earth yeah but oh man <laughs> it saves me a lot of time <laughs> so i don't know it's a tough problem but yeah. you know what i'm sure trump will figure it out he's a really smart yeah. guy um he's doing right. or maybe good. we'll solve he's that on really season four job. of the podcast yeah that'll be right once <laughs> we figure out the offensive line yeah um, then we'll get cracking on climate change yeah it'll be great great for everyone they'll be very happy yeah. <laughs> okay all righty uh, all right well, look for this, everybody, uh, on your uh, regu regularly scheduled feed. Uh, reactivate us and uh, come find us. We love you. All right. Till, All right. Till we meet again. <laughs>